Once upon a time, there was a podcast called The Feminist Critique that decided to take on one of the most beloved movie franchises of all time, Ageline and... Gracie, who's still very disappointed in your intros. Along with their friend Will from the podcast, Elwood City Limits decided to take on Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings. <laughs> Yay, I'm so happy to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, um, so... Ashley and I decided last year that we were going to do epic movies. And what better way? I think we decided when we did Titanic that we were going to eventually do a month of movies that are considered epic. Now, epic doesn't mean they're like critically successful necessarily, but they're huge blockbuster movies that end up like lasting in the public consciousness for a long time. And... I think it's fair to say that Lord of the Rings is probably one of the original 2000s epic movies. It kind of it kind of started oh, like definitely. a big trend because we were talking we were talking before we started recording it made so much money and was such a gamble that paid off so well that everybody was like, "Ah, got it. That's what our movies should be like." So then you had uh, and and of yeah. course this came out right around the time of the Harry Potter movies as well so it was like got it fantasy book mm-hmm. into several movies which is why Aragon was so successful I think too though like <laughs> not- even e- even though Aragon the movie and Aragon the book are two completely different oh, entities trust me trust me uh, I get, <sighs> don't get my wife started on the Inkheart movie that's <laughs> oh that one disappointed the hell out of me too i have a whole list of movies that i loved like the books of and i hate the movies like aragorn inkheart ella enchanted blood and chocolate like i hate all those <laughs> movies but i love all of those books <laughs> <laughs> but but i think too like this time period right because like not to bring this up but this was right after September 11th, right? And we just were, like, in this weird part of our, like, uh, of just a world that we kind of, like, dove into this mm-hmm. fantasy world. You need, we, there was a desire for escapism. It's funny. It's it, very yes. interesting looking back now that we have enough distance from it that it's like, wow, yeah, we wanted to go to the movies and, like, forget about things for even even though I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, between the three of us, we were probably, you know, in the double digits age-wise at that point. It was still like, you know, yeah. not to say that, oh, 9-11 weighed heavily on my 11-year-old mind <laughs> at the theater, but it was still like, you know, you know, things were things were depressing and sad, and mm-hmm. it's more even more so for um, people that we know that lived in America or uh, anywhere else that was um, afflicted by nine eleven. So it seemed like, yeah, yeah. I think like Gracie, you know, it has like more, cause, you know, being an American, right? Then, like how how much has changed, like from that, you know, before and then after, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I was 10 years old when the movie opened in theaters, and I was 9 years old when uh, September 11th happened, so I have very, very vivid memories of it. I had, I was right on the cusp of the double digits, you know? Um, but I, I agree, like, I feel like after September 11th, because of course there's always that 
that uh that whole you know before and after because it's true there's there's a big difference i do think after uh september 11th for me um and for a lot of people is like we really just wanted to get involved in fantasy stuff like the fantasy genre did not do that well in the 90s the mummy was about the only movie i can think of that was successful and it was Mm. still campy you know so i mean and this isn't to say that fantasy movies as a whole were very successful after lord of the rings but it kind of set the tone for big blockbuster movies and uh studios taking big risks on movies that they thought were going to do well i mean overall i think it was somewhere between 300 and 400 million dollars was spent over the course of a year filming all this and then all the post-production after and all the that. money spent on marketing it as well uh beca- mm-hmm. because Lord, i had never heard was... of lord of the rings before the movies were coming out or like i might have heard of the hobbit but i'd never read mm-hmm. it and then i had a friend um, I, would, I was about eleven year, ten or eleven years old when this came out. So I had a friend who had read Lord of the Rings and was trying to like, I uh, like educate me. I remember in our in our local paper at the time there was like a cheat sheet of like if you're going to go see Lord of the Rings, here are the names of the characters and here's who they are in case you're confused by the movie. Which is funny to think of now, but it was like it was an anticipation oh, yeah. of like, hey, a lot of people want to see what this is all about, and it turns out that people really enjoyed it yeah i also think that this movie is the reason there was a resurgence of D in the early 2000s mm. and the hobbit also brought that back the hobbit trilogy because i have a lot of friends who weren't necessarily involved in D, like before the hobbit movies came out but the hobbit movies you know kind of just like steered them in that that direction because D bases a lot of its fantasy elements like its creatures and stuff on lord of the rings characters straight up it and made archetypes. so many people into like ridiculous nerds <laughs> it did but like it not did. necessarily a bad thing but like you know everybody kind of went down it that. was cool yeah it was cool well <laughs> to be fair we now live in a culture where being a nerd is cool and there's so many like different sections of it that like I mean superheroes are huge now and I almost feel like would superheroes be as big as they are now if Lord of the Rings didn't do well I, yeah, I doubt it so that, that is a good question I, I, I almost wish I had more of an answer for it but it's funny how that <laughs> kind of took over and has really gone a lot farther than Gracie, you were mentioning that fantasy didn't even do especially well after Lord of the Rings, but super, super, yeah. No, because, like, the only, the really, it was Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter that kind of dominated the fantasy market, because you had stuff like Planet of the the Apes coming out, the original one with Mark Wahlberg, well, not the original one, but the 2000s one Mm -hmm. with Mark Wahlberg, that did terribly. (laughs) Oh, and there was so much marketing about it, like, even Saturday Night Live did like a thing where they all dressed up like apes from it <laughs> like <laughs> well in fantasy movies didn't haven't even really done well before that i'm thinking about like um legend with tim curry in the 80s yeah yeah willow yeah, didn't exactly. do very well either water worlds that one that one did absolutely atrocious how dare you i love water world 
<laughs> it did bad, honey. It did bad. I'm so sad about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I'll get into some stats. I'm not sure if we'll actually like do a linear talk of the movie because like the movie we'll is be, just we'll so be here long. Forever. I feel like we're probably just oh, absolutely. exactly. I probably feel like we'll just do like highlights of our favorite parts because I mean, if you're listening to this and you're probably over the age of 20, you've definitely watched this movie at least once. Yeah. I've never met a person and, that has not watched this movie. Oh, yeah. And, just because of how big it is. Like, I've seen this so, movie, but I don't think I had watched it for at least 15 years. It's been it's been a few but years I, But, like, me. since watching it, like, re-watching it, I was just like, man, this movie's, like, like way better mm-hmm. than I remember it. Like, I, I didn't particularly it, enjoy it. I just... I was, like, one of those girls that was just, like... Legolas is like kind of hot, but the rest of it, meh. Was he? Was he? Was he smexy? Oh, girl, he was. <laughs> I, I, um, I just like Orlando Bloom. Like in hey, general, to- totally he was, fair. Like, one of those. Uh, yeah, he's got that good swashbuckler kind of appearance. I don't know, man. I love fantasy stuff, and it's like uh, I mean, he was in you know, Ashley and I recently yeah. watched the. <laughs> Yeah, well, Ashley and I recently watched The Witcher, and I I do think that my type is white-haired dude. I, <laughs> I it's just like one of my favorite characters in this book series, Throne of Glass, that I've read. Like the the main dude, Rowan, has white hair. I'm totally into it. Geralt, white hair. Legolas, white hair. Even Lucius Malfoy. Oh, I gotta yeah. be honest, white hair <laughs> everywhere. Uh, you know what? The, the, it's funny. Because that is actually my goal is to find a rich guy uh, who is old to like take uh, his the, money. That's the old that's my the type. Smith trick. How did you- <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> so this movie came out in two thousand one. Uh, it has a budget of ninety three million dollars. Just, just yeah, this just movie. Yeah. Just this movie was $93 million. Um, the box office, worldwide box office, ended up being $887 oh, million. Dollars. I think at the time, the only thing that uh, had beaten it was Titanic and... Um, Harry Potter and the sense. Sorcerer's because Stone. Because Titanic had the had the lo- had the love story angle, which I feel attracted an entirely different segment of the audience, plus a general audience. And Harry Potter was more kid friendly. Lord of the Rings was kind of wasn't kid unfriendly, mm. but it was also like very is very action oriented and kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very grown up though. It had it had a more mature yeah, I, feeling to it. Well, that's I think that's why I didn't like it when I first watched it because I was thirteen and like. I was kind of a dumb kid, but um, like, <laughs> it's true. Fair. I was. I, I, I appreciate. I straight, I appreciate up, like, straight up did not understand. <laughs> like straight up did not understand Lord of the Rings all that well. Definitely saw all the movies in theaters, mm-hmm. but like was like, eh, it's okay. But like rewatching it, I was just like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I remember this part. <laughs> um, so it has a Rotten Tomato score, ninety-one percent critical, ninety-five percent audience. It was directed by. Peter Jackson, who really hasn't done anything except for Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit trilogy, and the Adventures of Tintin. Like, since. Since Lord of the Rings. He really hasn't done anything but, like, the Hobbit trilogy and Adventures of Tintin and a few uh, smaller projects like the Lovely Bones and King Kong. I think the framing there is that he never reached this height 
again, which in fairness, <laughs> whoa, like what a what a height to reach. But you're right. Like all all of his stuff after that kind of it didn't hit in the same way. The King Kong remake. I mean, all this, all the stuff that you mentioned, Gracie, it's, it was never on the level Lord of the Rings. Yeah, even the Hobbit trilogy didn't hit no, very well no. uh, compared to the original Lord of the Rings, which I think the issue with that was turning a 200-page book into a yeah. eight-hour movie. Yeah, which they definitely <laughs> shouldn't have done. They should have just let, uh, what's his name, like, Guillermo take del Toro. Over. Yeah, he, he should have just oh, been the one to do it. that would have been great. And one yes. movie. Yeah, Two one max. Movie. One to, yeah, I, right. I bow towards Lindsay Ellis's um, uh, breakdown of why the Hobbit movies are bad. I direct all the listeners there to Lindsay Ellis on YouTube, please, for a more. T- wait, uh, we, we we do we are we are Lindsay Ellis same, stands on this same. podcast. We, we've asked her to be on the podcast. Uh, uh, she politely said uh, no, thank you. But she's uh, putting out a novel. Her. She is a busy, the- busy woman. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, uh, to be fair, yes, I agree. And she and she had started mm-hmm. her own podcast too, so she's busy, busy. Yeah. Um, so this movie, of course, is based on the book by J.R.R. Tolkien. It was written by Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens and Peter Jackson, and they all worked together on like King Kong and Mortal mm-hmm. Instru- Engines, which just came out last year, and Lovely Bones, Mortal Engines. I don't even remember that movie. That was like Howl's Moving Castle, yeah, but live like, action. It looked, it looked, like, it looked kind of cool. I think it might have been based off a book series. Wait, Wait, wait! They did Howl's Moving Castle, but no, live no, no, action. No, 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 not no, 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 no. It's just like the entire point. Of, the entire shit. point of Mortal Engines, as far as I can remember, is like whole cities on wheels that I'm battle kind of, each I'm, other. I'm a little interested in it. That might be one where it's like if I see it at the library, I might give it a whirl. Yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't go to watch it in theaters, though. To be fair, I don't watch a lot of things in theaters for somebody who has podcast. (laughs) Um, So, cast. Okay, the cast Uh, is going to take me a minute. Before you get into the cast, (sighs) I just want to make a mention here because this is something that I forget all the time. The Lord of the Rings movies and a lot of Peter Jackson's movies, as you mentioned, two female screenwriters, which I think is something that really doesn't get talked about very much. I honestly think it was there, like, I was going to talk about it later, but I honestly think that the reason that Galadriel and Arwen and, uh, I can't remember her name, but she ends up in the last two movies. Oh, uh, uh, Eowyn. Like, Eowyn, right. Like, I honestly think the reason that the women in the movies had more of an extended role is because there were women writing totally. the, the movies. Because women in the books are unfortunately have, like have a very distinct role to play. Not not much of one. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, because no. they're too busy <laughs> cooking and cleaning. Duh. They're too busy looking off in the distance at. And I never read the book. Not Sorry. doing too, much else. They're too busy playing the healer class and um, being ageless and right, right, almost dying. They're busy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> unrequited love is quite a thing. <laughs> um, so yeah. big cast, right? Kate Blanchett, Galadriel, mm-hmm. and the narrator. Ocean's Eight. She was in Elizabeth. Big name. I think she's like still the biggest name on the list because she still has like a pretty mm-hmm. huge career. 
Um, Elijah Wood plays Frodo. Uh, he was in a TV show called Wilfred. I knew him from the 90s Adventures of Huckleberry Finn movie. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Now, that's uh, not Tom and Huck, is it? That. No, 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 not Tom and Huck. Oh, the okay. Adventures Excuse of me. Huckleberry Finn. The, the, like, Disney put out two Huckleberry Finn movies within the space and of four nobody years. Nobody remembers some them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean Astin plays Samuel Genji. Uh He was in The mm-hmm. Goonies as a kid. Uh, we talked about him earlier this year uh, when we talked about Fifty First Dates. Um, <laughs> but of course, I think outside of Samwell, everybody just remembers Rudy. <laughs> He's also in Stranger Things right now. He is. He is. Um, and he was in that Ted Bundy movie too, oh, yeah, like on Netflix. Sean Bean, everybody's favorite dead guy. Professional dead person. Um, yes. Exactly. Plays Boromir. He was in the miniseries Scarlet. Uh, he was in <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah. I, I love he that dies you put in, in both of them. <laughs> I love that you put in Scarlet. I'm just like, you nerd. That's the first thing I saw him in. And he was a terrible human being who died. He was also in uh, Lady Shatterly's Lover with uh, Jolie Richardson. Oh. Yeah. So... I don't think he died in that one. That might be the only movie he's been in that he didn't die. <laughs> um, Orlando Bloom plays Legolas. Uh, he was in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. He was in a movie called Elizabeth Town that nobody remembers. Uh, and really, his entire career has been uh, The Hobbit, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, I'm sure he made his money. Home- uh, yeah, I'm sure. It's kind of like how you know Daniel Radcliffe just does weird shit now, and it's like, he has money. He's allowed. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Um, Ian Holm plays Bilbo. Uh, he was a voice in Ratatouille. He was also uh, old Bilbo in the Hobbit movies. Billy Boyd plays Pippin. He was the voice of Glenn in Seed of Chucky. <laughs> Poor Billy Boyd. He never went on to do all that much. <laughs> and he was also in a movie called Master and Commander. Uh, Christopher Lee fucking awesome dude christopher lee uh played saruman he was in star wars he was in the original wicker man also i do believe had a metal album yeah he, he was, was a he, boss. yes yes um, you're right also, uh, i remember that now also he was a huge lord of the rings fan and the only member of the cast who have who had actually met uh jrr token mm. look at him yeah oh cool cool shit uh Andy Serkis plays the voice of Gollum. He has been in the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, he was also in Black Panther. Ian McKellen plays Gandalf, whose recent forays outside of the stage have been Beauty and the Beast remake and Cats. <laughs> he's getting up there. He can do whatever he wants. So Him and like, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. He's, he's, he's a fucking legend. Him and Patrick Stewart, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Well, that, that's the thing, too. Like, <laughs> Uh, he was doing this and then he also did X-Men which was like another huge thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the man can do what the fuck he wants. Yeah. Uh, then we have Dominic Monaghan as Mary. He was in yes, uh, Charlie. Lost. He was also in... Yeah, man. Dude, I had such a crush on Dominic Monaghan when I was a He's teenager. <laughs> not Penny. Not yeah, Penny's he uh, and then uh, he's also been in the recent Star Wars movies. Uh, he was in Star Wars: Rise of oh, Skywalker yeah. for sure. 
Um, Viggo Mortensen plays Aragorn. He was in a movie called Hidalgo. Recently, he's been in Green Book, which is a white savior movie, and uh, okay. it sucks. Uh, a- <laughs> Even uh, though- and Gracie, I have to, I have to ask you something. Um, okay, so I, I, I mentioned this to you off air, but every year I watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy with my wife. We it became something that we did when we were dating, and we've been doing it ever since. We love, we love the movies. Now my now my wife especially right. loves Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. Can't, yeah, and ne- and never in anything kinda. else. Right? My, like my question to you is: A <laughs> as 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 women who fancy guys does does it work for you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and B. <laughs> We like gritty looking dudes that have slightly long hair. I don't and, know. And B. I also yeah. like this was during our like sexual awakening. Like give us a no, break no, no. here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm merely corroborating evidence <laughs> I know, here. I'm and B. Has Vigo Mortensen ever worked for you outside of Aragorn? Oh God, no! no. <laughs> I, I thought so. It's like okay, it's like it's like Sam Hewen, right? Like Sam Hewen plays Jamie Fraser on Outlander. As Jamie Fraser, mm-hmm. I love him. As everything else, uh-huh. I do not care. He's not a very photogenic man, but for some reason, I see him in a cambric shirt and a kilt, and I'm a hundred percent for it. So. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You sound very I judgmental, Gracie, okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's I pretty sexist. <laughs> but to be fair, this movie is the reason that when I watched The Witcher, all I could think was how much Henry Cavill playing Geralt kind of was like the perfect amalgamation of Legolas mm. and Aragorn. And I was 100% for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I just say um, like that's that's been like uh I guess my new obsession was the like the Witcher and I'm, I'm on board. I don't know. I was on board with Henry Cavill when he was still in the Tudors, so That's true. You d- you were. Yeah. I've always had a crush on him. Even before he was Superman. Uh <laughs> All right, where was I? Okay, oh yeah, John Reese davies plays Gimli. Um, he really doesn't have an, uh, uh, you know, he's done a lot of he was, TV. He was in the, he was I in put down the what Jones I knew movies. him from. Yeah, so I put down I knew him from Raiders of the Lost Ark and um, Princess yes. Diaries yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Liv Tyler plays Arwen. She was. Uh, she's been in a movie with Ben Affleck called Jersey Girl, um, but her most notable thing is being Steve mm-hmm. Tyler's daughter. Uh, uh, she was in then, uh, Armageddon. Come on, man! Yeah, you led with Jersey Girl, man. Mm. Wait a wait a like wait a really? Bury the lead. She was in Armageddon. Dude, I that never was like, saw Armageddon. D- don't you remember the song? It was what it was like the biggest song I, at that time. I I, I kind of love the movies that you lead with, Gracie, because it's like. John Reese davies he played the professor in 200 episodes of Sliders. Oh, yeah, and he was in the Indiana Jones movies, but, uh, you know. It's great. It's great. Um, And the last person... The last person I'm going to mention is Hugo Weaving, who plays Elrond. Uh, we, I, the, one of the main reasons I mentioned him is because I didn't know that he had been in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, as one of the drag queens. And then when we watched Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, I was like, oh my god, it's Elrond. 
I was like, he was in Lord of the Rings. And I looked it up and I was like, he was. He was the elf king. I knew it. Jesus Christ. All right. So it has taken us 20 minutes and I just got finished with the cast list. So highlights of the movie. (laughs) We are. Uh, Highlights of the movie for you guys. How much time you got? <laughs> uh, forty five I mean, oh, minutes. Well, brother. Okay. I mean, I mean, listen. It's 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 Not hard. Really. It's hard for me to narrow it down because this is this is one of those movies I've seen so many times. It's I've I'm frustrated that I don't have it memorized. I only have like specific parts of it. But like, man, man, what a movie! So you you, uh, you, you should probably direct me through it, and I can just kind of. That, that's what makes well that that's what makes an epic movie, right? Like you almost sound like you. Well, I hate to do this because you have like a girlfriend, but it sounds like you get so turned on. I think, just we, I think we both do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's the thing. Okay, so like this movie, uh, it, even though it's like a three-hour-long movie, which I usually get bored halfway through, I wasn't bored by this movie. I watched it in like one go, which never that's happens. Awesome. Um, right. I mean, of course, I paused it a few times because like I'm that type of person who pauses and like goes does something else and then I come what back. Kind of what sort but, of, but yeah. I did okay that's it's just strange to me. Like it, it, it's fine <laughs> hey. if you don't watch a movie all in one go but if you like pause the movie for like two hours to go do the dishes like what's happening <laughs> what, what what are your time management skills? <laughs> why am i doing the, why am i doing the dishes for two hours oh my god um <laughs> god my my apartment's a wreck um no so i but i did i did watch this like in one like in the evening mm-hmm. or whatever i didn't like you know um so it starts off with uh what's her face you know talking galadriel. about like what's yeah. her face galadriel well, yes, you know sir. elf queenie the one who gets like <laughs> all mysterious it's okay if you don't remember their it's Lady okay if you don't remember their names i'm just i'm i'm just gonna pipe them in but i i don't i don't hold it against you it's, it's fine there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of weird don't. names to remember one ring to rule them all uh, yeah narration. so she straight uh like she she's telling the story um about it and uh that you know there were like all these lords of the elves and dwarfs and men and they all had these and men are stupid yeah which Who above all else <laughs> desire power it's like she got she yeah, got she got they're, us they're man. dumb <laughs> she knows yeah i mean where's Listen, the lie <laughs> um so one of my favorite lines from the opening narration is actually actually where she says history became legend and legend became myth. How accurate is that to a real life circumstance? Yeah, because because like right? the thing the thing that happens uh, in the story of Lord of the Rings is that like literally hundreds of years go by between these events, and it's kind of hard to to portray that in the movie. So they have to kind of gesture towards it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but that's the oh, thing. Also- like, they all had these rings, which, like, apparently they weren't that powerful because there was this one ring that could rule them all. So this Dark Lord <laughs> Sauron, who lives on Mount Doom, so, like, you know he's evil. It's, it's- right. I'm just right, saying. Right. A lot. Sorry. Token, like, could have, you know, named it something Well, it's else. funny, like, again, something that really translates better to a book is what is literally what you just said right now. It's like... It's like the elves have their rings, the dwarves have their rings, and the men have their rings. But then they just built a better one, 
and then it turns out that that ring can control all the other rings. And it's like, well, wait, well, and then you can start cinema sinsing this to death and just like, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do this? And it's like, it's like, it's like, okay, but, I hate cinema sins. In, in the book, you can in in a in a book. You have a bit more room to be like, well, this actually means this. And of course, J.R.R. Tolkien has a book full of like, well, this meant this and this Jeez. meant this. It's called The Silmarillion. J.R.R. Tolkien literally has like 20 books just Lord of the Rings based. I mean, maybe not 20, but like every book he ever wrote was somehow Lord of the Rings based, you know. He created a, a whole lots thing. Of world, he, he basically created world building before world building was cool. So when the movie truncates <laughs> this and is and is like, okay, you have to accept this, like it's really just best if you go, okay, uh-huh, just nod politely and we'll be into the actual movie soon. Like just, just go with it. Well, it's like... It's like uh, Lindsay Ellis had said, like, you know, fucking Billy Joel and not Billy Joel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy. Sorry. No, but like, well, no. Well, like, you know, uh, Billy Bob and um, Fran, oh, uh, like uh, these two hypothetical uh, jo- people, Joanne right? Like they. Yeah, Joanne and Cletus. Like they don't you know, give a Billy fuck Joel's watching this, this in the theater. And he, and, and he asked himself, man, what am I doing here? <laughs> I hate she made that joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was such a good joke. I'm, I'm hella jealous. Oh, I'm man. Sing okay, us a song, so You're the Hobbit, the man. Of- <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. Good Jesus. Okay. Um, so one of the things about the opening sequence after the uh, after the well not the opening sequence but like you're introduced to the Shire and of course it's like oh, this utopian picturesque place that's... the lighting in the Shire is super bright there's this conveyance of warmth and happiness that's and what peace, I want to you know? be that's what I want and... heaven to be like like I'm wearing comfortable clothing <laughs> I'm eating too much I'm smoking I'm drinking and I'm real ugly God. and I don't care. I mean, like that. Man, those feet, though. Fuck, I don't care. Like Hobbit feet creep me out so much because you know what? Like proportionately, they're just too big for their little body. I I have to say, like seeing the Hobbit, like people or whatever in general, I I would like fit in because I'm a buxom woman, and like I'm just saying, a lot of those women were like short and buxom, and I was like, yes, hello, my people. There are hella girdles going on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, I do like the part where, uh, oh God, uh, Gandalf is talking about that incident with the dragon. I was barely involved. And I was like, it's so funny because the Hobbit movies hadn't come out because there's a whole movie dedicated to that incident with the dragon. Ian McKellen is Ian McKellen's so warm as Gandalf, especially in this movie. He really like the Gandalf character, no matter where you encounter him, is supposed to be this like mysterious figure who is both like grandfatherly, but also has a, like a almost a, a bit of a threatening aura about him. And he captures both sides of that character so well, like this, the part, the, the part where he's with Frodo in the cart and there's just kind of busting each other's balls it's it's so adorable and it's like it's like it's like a warm Keep hug your secrets then oh <laughs> uh, yeah i i will say though like that part where gandalf goes after he discovers that bilbo has the ring uh and he 
you know, ends up going to Saruman after he tells uh, Frodo to run for it. Like, I put in my notes, Saruman, you raggedy bitch. He's, he, he, I mean, he is the, one of the, one of cinema's least disguised villains. Like, you didn't even try trying to make it, like, he looks sinister as soon as you walk in, and you're just like, Gandalf, well, it's, you it, fuck. It's even Run funnier away. in the Hobbit movies when he's just like, oh, don't worry, I'll go talk some sense into Sauron. Won't even, won't be taken over by evil or anything like that. Don't you worry. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but but that's the thing, right? Like, uh, I guess in the actual books that, you know, when he's like doing all the research and trying to find Gollum and stuff, that's actually like supposed to be 17 years but of course they can't really like convey that in the movie so they it seems like a few days yeah it's a long it's Mm -hmm. a long time um under underrated part of this so when gandalf goes to saruman's tower to talk to him about it then it's discovered that saruman is under the influence of sauron and they get into the the old man wizard battle the the part the part where it's it's I mean, it's funny on its own because it's these two men shouting at each other and like doing force blasts, just sh- shoving their yeah, stabs and, and at then, each other, and not. And really then Gandalf doing does like else. a slide across the floor, and it's like he's going for a, th- a full court press on the basketball. Like, well, there's like a part where like he's straight up spinning around, around and around and around, right? And it like it looks so weird. One of my favorite, one it- of my favorite Tumblr captions with that spinning is uh, when you go to bed drunk and have bed spins, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, that's in so there. True. <laughs> you, have, you have elected the way of pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I I will say though, like for a movie that came out almost twenty years ago, the CGI holds up pretty damn well. Like sometimes it definitely looks a little hokey, but I think for the most part, it feels not too far off from the kind of CGI we have now. For nine hundred million dollars, goddamn better. <laughs> well, and I remember watching. Well, I think there's I think there's a featurette on this on one. I mean, God, Jesus, there's. A hundred million hours of featurettes uh, from yeah. Lord of the Rings. So, but one of the thing, one of the things that they did for the CGI is in the big battle sequences, like the one at the very, very beginning of this movie. Yeah, they use this state-of-the-art right. computer, and they create and they created this program yeah. so that like every single orc or CGI creature on screen was doing something different. And it's like like oh, they yeah. like they created that technology, and it's and then it's they up. literally called it massive. That was right. The yes, and then like the other <laughs> That's thing what is they called it. You massive. could click on each one of those orcs, and you could like see th- what they were doing through like their eyes, like every single one. Yeah, crazy. It, yeah. Yeah, man, the magic of computers, but can you imagine how much space that must have taken? I mean, this is still the era of three and a half inch floppy disks. <laughs> oh, oh my you god, know? I had this like, movie on a fucking VHS. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, technology in early 2000s was good, but like, you look at technology now and you think the movie was made with what they had it's pretty basic shit now you could probably get i mean you can get uh simulations on your phone doing the well, same like, keep shit. in mind that these were also filmed in the late 90s so we are mm-hmm. we are a hundred percent still rolling on celluloid film 
Oh yeah. Yeah, and this and this was all shot on film. This was not digital. No. No. The option didn't even really exist at that point. Yeah, so that's like it's insane, right? Like to think of the mm-hmm. scope of and the amount of technicality that was necessary to make it look good and for it to still feel pretty ageless. I mean, God damn, great job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were some movies out there that straight up like had almost like those bowling graphics in them and you like look at it now and you're like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, so but you, you guys should read my notes. My notes are so funny to me. Like I said, A, it's your boy, Aragorn. <laughs> so dumb um and then i said something about pippin being a snitch but i just want to talk about the fact that i definitely Baggins. would be a hobbit Frodo Baggins. He's, he's my cousin <laughs> he's my cousin twice removed steady on frodo <laughs> you fucking snitch <laughs> <laughs> like he used a different um, name for obvious reasons and Pippin's like or Pippin's like yeah man he's so cool look he's right over there he's got this real cool ring too (laughs) you should check it out talks to you sometimes uh but afterwards when they're you know the morning after they manage to escape those wraiths and they're walking along and then uh, Pippin and Mary are like, but what about, you know, what about breakfast? And Aragorn goes, we already had, had one breakfast. breakfast. Yes. And what about second breakfast? <laughs> what about Levens's luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, Five supper? Minutes. Does he know about that? He's me on fucking his own shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is why I'd be a hobbit. Yes, I love to eat. Exactly. <laughs> you need at least uh, six or seven small meals, right? To be fair, those are six meals. Yeah, but they, as long as they're small, it's okay, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Well, they're always going to be small meals because it's for the... Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Listen, yeah, they, all yeah. can't, they all can't so be Billy course. Joel lyrics, so come on. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, um, of course, we know Frodo gets uh, injured uh, with the wraiths, and they're trying to race to... You know, the place when Frodo where the elves gets stabbed are. by the wraiths, like he makes the same noise that when that I make when I like run up a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, the worst actor in this movie Aww. is Elijah Wood. <laughs> I'm gonna Aww. be honest, not like, Orlando you know, Bloom. His, uh, honestly, Orlando Bloom isn't no, on they, screen. Oh, yeah, okay, all right, notice. for the amount of time he's on screen, okay. <laughs> okay, you know what? Give Elijah Wood. A friggin' break, okay? He was only in, like, Flipper and a few other things before this. <laughs> he was in Flipper. Oh, he was in a Flipper. A deep impact. With, uh, with Crocodile Dundee. Oh my god, he Paul was. Logan. Oh no! I had a Flipper the movie picture book when I was seven That's years old, but I've never seen the movie. This is annoying. <laughs> uh, it wasn't good. You don't say. It was like a... The Crocodile the Dundee, movie? Dundee movies are garbage. Huh? <laughs> the, uh, the Crocodile Dundee movies are ne- garbage. Never seen them. <laughs> really? Don't don't. I mean, they're funny, like, but also unnecessary. I, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, uh, God, especially the L.A. one. That one's the worst. Uh, so they end up like getting uh tracked down by 
Amran, and my notes are all Amran, my sweet, useless uh, Amran. S- so, sorry, a- Amran? <laughs> Arwen. Thank Arwen, you. my okay. bad. Yeah, Arwen. My sweet, useless Arwen. She really, like, in the books, she's even more useless than yeah, she they, is in the movies. Like, in the movies, she's just like, but I love you. Yeah, they actually Arwen, had to, like, combine her character this. with, like, some known, not not a known name, but just basically somebody who showed up to take Frodo to Rivendell. And they basically just yeah. mushed them together. Yeah, just, just like, yeah, fine, do. it's Arwen, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then well, the, you know, like they have that whole unrequited love thing. Like, and Vigo's like, "Don't give up your immortality for me," and she's like, "But I love you." But oh, yeah. well, that's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> I thought she would play a much bigger role in this movie when I first watched yeah, it. She just like starts dying in the next. Two yeah, movies. like I was like, <laughs> I was excited. I was like, this chick seems cool. She's going to do great things. Hmm. And then, like, the next movies come out, and I was like, why is she, like, boring now? Laying there, dying. Yeah, like, what's her deal? It's too bad, because she's not even a- they filmed oh. scenes of her fighting at Helm's Deep in the second movie, and they just never used them. That's lame. Yeah. What a pity. Uh, it's just so funny, too, because, I, like, in the third movie, it's like, no man can defeat, and she's like, that that one, a- I, guess, I can't remember her name, the blonde. I am no man. <laughs> ah, crap. Yeah, I am no man. Like, It rules. It's, it's an all-time great moment in, in my history. It absolutely yeah. rules. It's, and it's completely not in the books. It kind of, I think it kind of is, but it's just not, it's just not meant as, like, a, like a like a feminist like a feminist no it's just like well like in 1955 they were not you know thinking of that sort of thing no it's just like (laughs) eowyn then said well like forsootheth i am no man period and then she and mary stabbed the witch king and there you go There you go. Um, so th- after you know he heals up from his wound and everything, they call uh, forth the council of all the good people that are left in the world, and we got one of uh, whom is a fucking racist. <laughs> goddamn, yeah. goddamn, Gimli is just like <laughs> tries to stir up anti elf sentiment. Says, <laughs> My my note literally says, "God damn it, you fucking Gimli!" Like that is my note on on that page. <laughs> fucking Gimli. <laughs> Gotta give Jonathan Reese Dav- John Reese Davies some credit though, because like Gimli's one of my favorite characters because he's the comic relief, and I just love the um the trajectory of Gimli and Legolas's friendship where they become bros. Yeah, it's it, that's <laughs> that is very good, and it was before the Hobbit movies where it's like, well, we have to make some of the dwarves a little sexy. <laughs> that's why they hired Graham McTavish. <laughs> well, wasn't there like one of the dwarves and like an uh and an elf girl like had a relationship yeah it was i forget who i it was uh evangeline lily and i forget who was playing uh feely in that movie but yeah they crowbarred that crap in <laughs> of course they did um so of course this is where we meet boromir played by sean bean one does not simply walk it's, into Mordor, it's impossible not know? to notice it anymore like the, oh, it's crazy like, to think there was a the time before that meme it. existed, because now it's just like ah yeah the there like there it is. Hey, oh, there's the meme moment. Yeah, you applaud it's when it meme. happens. 
Well, it, it's kind of like when you watch Titanic. It's been yeah. eighty four <laughs> years. Well, it's the same with like uh, the the part where they're uh, like in some of the later movies where they're like they're taking the Hobbits to Isengard. Oh Jesus! And yeah, like the whole fucking song. E- well, even in this movie, there's a there's a tell me where is Gandalf? For I much desire to speak with him. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> ruined it. Like fuck you, memes. You're in this movie, and at the beginning of the movie, it's like, okay, keep your yes. secrets then. <laughs> it keep- What's so bad though is when Boromir is getting it with the um with the arrows. I was like, it's too bad one didn't hit a knee because I was instantly reminded when he was getting hit of the. <laughs> but then I took an arrow to the knee meme <laughs> for some fucking reason. Like that that was, I mean that is an old meme. Like in internet years, that's like a hundred years old. <laughs> I was going to do this, but then I took an arrow to the knee. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but that's where my brain went. I also, um, I really like Boromir's character, though. Like, a lot of the Fellowship characters in this first movie seem to be pretty flat. I like the fact that he's trying to, you know, upturn the legacy of men, but then he still has that problem of being selfish and wanting to use the ring for uh, its power for himself. Yeah, right? he like, has a lot more. Dim- he has a lot more dimensions than uh, a lot of the other characters in the Fellowship, and it's. I mean, it, I was going to say it's too bad, but like, hey, this is why the book exists because in the books, Boromir's my favorite character. I don't know if I'd say the same for the movie, just because there's not enough time to focus on him. But they yeah. essentially they essentially take yeah. what they do with him in the movies or or rather the movies take what was in the book and kind of shorten it a little bit but it's it's played yeah of course and i know i don't blame him for that but it plays out so much better in the book and he's just such a understandable character he's not he's you know they kind of play him as a little like a little conniving in the in this in the movie but he's never really Mm -hmm. that he's just a very conflicted man which Yes, and he's consumed with the thought of wanting his people to be in a better place. And he's like, this ring could do it, but also I know the ring is evil. evil. And then, like, even after in the movie when he, like, corners Frodo, he's like, God, what have I done? Which... Sean Bean's acting again. There's a lot of hokey acting oh, in this movie. Oh, sure, but it's a fan. But it's a fan. Oh, yeah. I argue it's a fantasy movie, and without hokey acting, like there's, you you, you need to ham it up a little bit. Well, that's a just well, it's kind of like at the beginning part. where, uh, like, what's his name, Prince, uh, from you know Gondor, oh, who like. <laughs> the part where he's supposed to throw the ring in the like the fires oh, and he's like is- nah bitch I'm not gonna fucking do it no. see ya it's my precious Cast ring it into the fire destroy it no <laughs> no Isildur I think Isildur I was there Gandalf like, but it's like his grin is failed. just uh, his grin is just so perfect. Where yeah. It's like, nah, bitch. Um, you gotta, but- <laughs> play, you gotta play it broad. You gotta play it broad at least a little. But I kind of what I saw with Sean Bean's character though is that uh, you can see a little bit of that earlier like character in Sean Bean, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But like, he's trying to fight against that. And it's and it's important to remember that he's the only other representation of the race of men in this in this in this movie besides Aragorn who is was a raised by elves and b is the like 
it's the Chad Aragorn He's and the a- Virgin Boromir. Like he, he is, <laughs> he is the epitome of man. Like he is as good as it I gets. I know a lot of people that like. I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Boromir was the worst in this movie. And I was like, he's my favorite character in the movie because he has depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, he's the only one that you really see have depth. Like, you know, Gimli is very angry yeah. dwarf. Stereotype. Yeah. Legolas is, doesn't talk a lot, really good at archery elf. <laughs> And and yeah, and, you know? and to, like to speak to the the depth that they give him, it's like yes, he is he does become kind of conniving in the presence of the ring as men of his stature would. But, but he's also you see him with scenes where he's like very caring about Mary and Pippin, like he kind of takes them on as his little wards, and like, it's really really cute. Yeah, and Aragorn is like. We gotta keep going, and, and and he's the one that says, "Why don't you fucking give us a minute? Give them bro? a moment for pity's <laughs> like, sake." They have little legs. This will be the death of the hobbits. <laughs> on the snowy mountain. These half these halflings need a moment. You do have to get like. Can't you do the, that? The poor hobbits, though, because like the entire time they're walking, right? And I guess like the point is their feet so big, so like I don't know. I guess it stretches over and like doesn't hurt them as much. I, I'm sure it's like leather yeah, on the, the bottom of yeah, the yeah, feet. Exactly. Absolutely, they have like they have like. Well, yeah, because they're, like, walking over... They have three inches of calluses. They're fine. (laughs) But that's the thing, though. They're, like, walking over, like, all this hard terrain with bare feet. And I'm just thinking, ugh. God, that's awful. <laughs> I know, I can't even stand to walk on gravel, and I'm just like, these fuckers. Like, don't you get stickers in your foot? Come on. I grew up in the country. You ever got a sticker in your foot? This thing's Ugh. hurt. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, little tiny spiky things. Sand spurs. You ever got a sand spur stuck in your no, foot? No, personally. We don't, we don't live in the States. They suck. They suck. They're little tiny spiky things, and when you step on them, they embed themselves in oh, your foot. Oh, God. That sounds... Yeah. They're needle-like. They suck. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, uh, you know, the Fellowship's created. They're making their way along, you know, making their way downtown. Um, <laughs> oh. I hate myself. <laughs> Walking fast. Faces <laughs> passing them homebound. <laughs> well... And I'm doom-bound. Okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get to the part where... Okay, I have one gripe. Gandalf's character. I don't know what it is about fantasy, but there's always, like, this all-knowing older figure who does shit all to warn people. Like, oh, we're gonna go into this place where hell demons are. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Let's just say, what do you want to do, Frodo? Well, and... So I don't think that that is a I think that's a I do think that's a valid criticism of his character like totally but I think that it it is also part of who he is like he's not necessarily like that's not an oversight or anything it seems that he is what would you say his alliance is yeah and he's he seems by nature kind of. Uh, maybe not a flighty person, but someone who like keeps the, his cards very close to the chest, like even to a fault. But he doesn't know everything. It's it's, it's like 
He's almost like a chaotic neutral. Yeah, I would yeah. Say. It's like when they're down when they're down in the mines <laughs> of Moria. There's that whole scene where he and again, this is a meme, so I see it every time where it zooms in on his face. He's like, "I have no memory of this place." So they literally have to stop for hours while he just tries and remember where he is. Oh my god, the part where they're doing the um the password <laughs> and it's like safe friend and you can enter and then Frodo's like, Well, what's the elvish word for friend after they've been Bell-long. sitting there for hours? And it's like, Oh, it's that and it works and it's like really Gandalf. Really? <laughs> like for fuck's sakes, Gandalf, we were here for how long? There's a fucking God, all the fucking collude. time you wasted. And then you want to get mad at who was it at Pip? Yeah, Pip at Pippins Pippin? is but what? the butt monkey of Gandalf. <laughs> Throw yourself in next time. Rid us of your stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> Jesus. Especially when they've got uh, like uh Cthulhu in the background there. Yeah, man. <laughs> That uh, also kind of comes and goes in the books, so I, I guess they did what they <laughs> did what they could. Wait, there's a lot of Cthulhu yeah. in the books. No, no, I no. I said there's there's not a lot of it. Like it also oh. just kind of shows up and then fucks off. Oh, okay, nice. Um, I will say, uh, this isn't necessarily the fault of the movie people, but um. J.R.R. Tolkien's representation of orcs uh, seems to bear a striking similarity to a certain ethnicity in regards to certain aspects of what they look like. And uh, it's a little bit racist. Definitely not (laughs) defending any like any any of any of that for sure. Um, There's smarter people than me who are much closer to the situation who have spoken about how this makes them feel as a person of color and why you know why the interpretation of orcs as black people or just people of color is valid and whatnot and really the only defense that we have is it was a different time like and 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 that is a terrible it is it is a terrible excuse (laughs) and it's also like i mean i can't i didn't know Tolkien the man myself so who's to say but it definitely seems like I th- and, I'm, and I think this is something that probably is in a lot of older fantasy novels as well of just like well there's mm-hmm. dark and there's light like d- <laughs> I noticed that this time like Boromir keeps calling Gondor the white city we will restore the glory of the white city <laughs> and just like oh you wow. have to like think too though like okay so uh, J.R.R. Uh, Token um, actually was born in South Africa, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he grew up there, but like, uh, you know, there's a, there's a bit of history there. So it definitely shows a reflection in his writing. Yeah, I, th- I think it's if, if um, I had if I had to guess and this isn't I'm not I'm definitely not defending it again. It seems like it's more comes out from a place of ignorance thankfully rather than hate if we can be thankful for ignorance which shouldn't be so it's <laughs> so i definitely no. <laughs> don't believe that it was intentional but it's but it's also not not there oh yeah yeah it's 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 not good no, no. <laughs> well that's um, the thing too like uh, to get into it a little bit more right so yeah um they of course basically took the world of um uh, of token and put it into that movie bright which 
god awful movie. Yeah, but Jesus. then they used the actual like symbolism, and then like did that. Like they went there where yeah. they made the orcs like basically black people in a mu- in a in a much more crass way. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then they made a black person the cop buddy to make it yeah. okay. Like, because Will Smith was the black cop that was, you know, like, yeah, you shouldn't discriminate, you know. Yeah, it was a terrible. Fairy lives don't matter today. <laughs> no, I hate, I hate that they fucking said that. I hate that. Yeah. God, way to co-op something and put a white person's face in it. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway. So, uh, you know, there's that part where the demon monster, you know, basically almost kills them all. And then we get, of course, another <laughs> meme moment. Me- you shall not pass! And, and it was the the iconic. They knew even when, like, when the trailer came out, that ended the trailer. It's like, this is what people will remember from this movie. And they were right. It's true. And nobody remembers, because I thought at first, I was like, did I misremember it? Because he doesn't say you shall not pass the first time. You cannot pass. You will not pass. Or, yeah. And I was like, oh, is this like one of those, you know, what's the the word? Luke, I'm your father, yeah. Like, you know, Mandela effect thing. Like, did I misremember it? You know, kind of, you know, like Luke, I am your father things. And it's like, no, I remembered it correctly. And then, of course, he, like, gets dragged down, and then he's like, run, you fools. Fly, you fools. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, and there was still an hour of the movie left after this scene, because yeah. I do not remember the last hour of the movie from when I had watched well, it several years that's back. That's the thing. They straight so up, like, he t- uh, like, there's just so much fighting and them, like, moving and stuff and then but there's like that part where they're mourning Gandalf which uh fun fact nobody had actually met met uh Gandalf when they filmed that (laughs) scene like they had not met um uh what's his name Ian McKellen McKellen. they had not met him not had seen him and they were like mourning him so acting that's great it's fantastic can't you just grant them a moment uh uh, I do appreciate Sean Bean's like over like hokey acting. It's so hokey, but it's it has a certain charm to it. Um, so of course, you know they they end up. Uh, you know, this is after this is when uh, Frodo basically decides he's going to run away because Boromir is you know trying to take the ring from him. They also go like to the Galadriel's place. Um, and she, like, forces him to look in the... Well, didn't force him, but he looks in the water and he sees the future if he doesn't destroy the ring. And then he offers it to Galadriel, and this is the worst CGI yeah, in the movie. This, this was even this was even kind of bad at the time. Yeah. This was awful. Well, she straight like, up has, like, a hissy fit about this damn <laughs> ring, and you're just like, okay, girl, calm down. Holy shit. Well, she was proving a point. She was like, you don't want me to have it. You want to destroy it because I would corrupt yeah, and it. Gandalf, and Gandalf so. says that as well earlier in the film. It's like, the, with the ring, I would, have, I would want to do good, but through me, it would wield a power too great and terrible to imagine. And that's the, and that's the idea. Yeah, exactly. Is that, you know, it all has to do with how yeah. overwhelmingly tempting the evil of the ring is, even in the hands of the mm-hmm. you know, good people. Well, yeah, that's why you need exactly. a hobbit because they're so innocent. Mm-hmm. They're so pu- pure of heart <laughs> and yeah. st- stout of heart, as as Aragorn mm-hmm. says. 
<laughs> you, you know what's so crazy though is like of the movies this one is actually my least favorite interesting i think my favorite is actually the two towers i think it's because it's like a road trip oh. movie and i just love sam and Gollum. i <laughs> potatoes oh my god yeah because like sam's straight up like the angry dad that just wants you. to get to the destination and Gollum's the annoying kid in the background it's it's my favorite one in the series, just because of that whole dynamic where Sam basically wants to kill Gollum the whole time. <laughs> that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I think I've been hearing more in recently in the past few years of people being like, "The Two Towers is my favorite," which to me is not a bad not a bad choice at all. It's just really differently from how I see it. Like Fellowship is my favorite of the three for sure because I mean, a well, it's a it's the shortest which is which isn't for nothing because you know i'm in the mood to watch these movies they are just a bit long and especially the two towers i find really drags but there is there's a real i think it's because it was the first one that they did in the production order so there's a real kind of um there's a different feel to it than the other two movies the other two i feel Mm -hmm. like i mean they use the same production techniques and everything but like the cgi gets ramped up a little bit because of course there's Gollum, there's um there's the giant spider in the third one and so on and so on this one feels a lot more tactile there's a lot more like things you can see existing in the real world and there's also just a charm to like everybody's kind of trying out the performance and kind of not you know we're not we're not stable just yet and then by the second and third movies they're well into it and they they know it like the back of their hand but this one it's just like we're just kind of taking steps and it's a little awkward in places but it's also very very (laughs) charming and there's just something about it and of course that was the first one that i saw in theater so there's definitely a bit of nostalgia to it as well yeah of course and i mean to be fair they're all three good movies like i have zero uh you know like disrespect for any of them i just i like the more road trippy vibe of the second one yeah it drags a little bit but i think i just really appreciate the dynamic of sam and frodo and Gollum as they journey along totally and, I, I totally get God, that. do you remember do, do you remember like the cultural phenomenon that was saying my precious and Gollum's yes. voice yes i mean i, I still hear people do that sometimes that that it's that is really one of the biggest lasting cultural impacts of like that's and you said it's almost on that's what people remember from it oh yeah like it's it's on par with you know how how some people are just like "Eh, my life yes yes that's that's absolutely right yeah (laughs) my precious yeah (laughs) oh no um so of course the movie ends with everybody being separated after that big orc battle. Um Aragorn and Legolas are together and they orc. you know basically yeah. and Gimli. Well yeah, cuz they're like And Gimli are yeah, together. Yeah, cuz they're like cuz Merry and Pippin are taken captive, right? So they're mm-hmm. like And yeah. Frodo and Sam have run off together. I made a promise, Tell Mr. Him. Frodo. A promise. I made a don't promise. you leave him Samwise Gamgee. And I don't mean to. Don't you leave him. I don't mean to. <laughs> Oh, he's so cute. You know what? I, I love Sam. I I'd be me. I, no, Aisling, I, I, don't like say what I think you're going to say. Don't. <laughs> say it. No. Say it. Say it. You know, you say know exactly loud. what movie I'm about to refer. 
No, I, I actually no. I thought you were going to say something else. What 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 no. were you going to say? Are you going to Rudy it? No, not Rudy. No, did you ever see? Um, uh, fuck, it was the the second one uh, of um, Kevin Smith's uh, his first one. Oh, uh, Clerks. Yeah. Clerks two. Clerks two. They they talked about Lord of the Rings <laughs> and Clerks two. Yeah, he did that on one of his evening of too. Just like first movie, bunch of walking. Second movie, walking, and they like almost trip. Number yeah. th- third movie, walking, throw the thing in, shrug. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, no, they they straight up like talked about that in Clerks too, and there's like, uh, uh, anyways, it was. <laughs> There was a lot of jokes at that time, okay? It was during the 2000s, and people were, like, afraid of the gays, so... That, yeah, I'm... Any, gl- anything that was, like, you know, slightly, like, male companionship, it was like, oh, that's gay. Well, it's... it's. I'm glad you brought that up, because that is really... They completely leave out the fact that Sam is married and has yeah. children in the movie. <laughs> uh, to steal a line... Well, he from, wasn't, yeah, but. To steal a line from Lindsay Ellis, no homo, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> Um, But it's interesting that you bring that up because, yeah, that was a big other thing that people were talking about. And it was in this weird tone that is even weirder to think about now in 2020 when it's like, hey, the the hobbits are gay. (laughs) And at the time, I'm like, no, they're not. Like, you know, it's like there's there's textual proof that they're not. And now I'm just like. Who cares if they are? Like I can't exactly. believe I can't right. believe this was a thing. Like we had to make a federal case out of this, but we did because, like well, you said, Aisling, it was just not a time for anything even remotely gay in. Oh cinema. well, that's well, 80s, 80s, not even eighties and nineties. Oh, sorry. 80s and 90s, well, 80s and 90s men, right, are like these macho, like, all the big blockbuster movies are these macho men that don't have any real emotion. Um, every time there there is emotion, it's anger out of grief or anger out of some wrong that's been committed against mm-hmm. them. So here you have an entire cast of mostly men who have feelings and who are gentle with each other and who treat each other as friends treat each other in a healthy, you know, relationship. And people looked at that and went, men being sensitive? That's gay. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, that's a that's a thing. It's like, as you said, like, this is overall a story of friendship. Yeah. And And the fact that, like, they're friends with each other and like the media for whatever reason because i don't know it was a very weird like i don't want to even say like oh it was just how it was during the time but like i mean that's really just how it was like when we were teenagers yeah media depiction yeah media depiction of male relationships uh male 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 friendships in media was very testosterone well, violence and popular yeah. popular culture wasn't equipped at the time in almost any respect to talk in any sensitive manner about feeling the feelings of men be they straight or be they gay like yeah. and and especially if if they were gay like it's one thing for you know it's you're right Aisling this is uh the Sam and Frodo story is about friendship but you could absolutely 100% read more into that. And that's, I think that's valid. But it's just, we were not at all comfortable talking about it at the time because of just where we were as a, 
as a people watching a movie and so it was easy it was but easier it, does, to, it, does. it was easier to laugh nervously and be like that's gay instead of being like this kind of makes me feel something that i'm not used to feeling when i go to the movies it does make me it does make me wonder if because this movie showed men in a more sensitive light if if it wasn't for this movie would brokeback mountain have been made which was a movie about two gay men but also it was about like a friendship and sensitivity between two men you know like before you really didn't have that kind of like bonded you know relationship between two men on screen even if they were like just friends i'd like to, i'd you like to think, i'd like to think so just because at yeah. least at least influentially yeah. you know but, what i but mean but there was that trend near the end of the decade where you had you started to have i think this is more in like comedies but then then we started getting to the jokes about bromances of just like mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. how much you love your friend and like how it's still kind of funny but there's also like a need for straight men to have friends we just put this term on it that still was kind of making fun of it so it's like we're we're Mm -hmm. taking two steps forwards and one step back but we are still moving forward and now we're in 2020 where we're at least a little bit more capable of expressing feelings towards each other it's it's definitely not perfect and we're you know we've got a ways to go too and especially when it comes to uh, marginalized people and how um, gay romance is is depicted on screen or anything that isn't non-binary very white, yeah, and actually. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very that, that white. That too, absolutely. But we are <laughs> in a better place to be able to say, like, yeah, this this guy is my friend, and I and I love him, and not have it be yeah. a fucking joke. Like, a, well, uh, exactly. I mean, I I mean, like Marvel, for example, right? Um, everybody has probably seen Endgame by now. Like, what happens at the end of that movie? One of a one of the male characters iron man right he dies and there are tons of men who are crying at his funeral over Mm -hmm. him and it's just like 20 years ago you probably couldn't have that you would have men who were angry right or you would have men who looked on stoically so the fact that you have men that are crying that are showing emotion i feel like is just a progression and you know when we talk about i guess it's when we talk about Well, it's fine. Um, I just think that when, you know, we talk about feminism, a lot of men who are anti-feminist will bring up, you know, what about men, you know? I think what they don't get is, like, when we talk about feminism, we talk about how men aren't healthily able to express their feelings. We're fighting for those men to be able to express things without being called a pussy or a little girl or, you know, like, or being told they're they're feminine because they dare to show emotion outside of anger. Toxic masculinity cuts both ways both exactly. both yeah. both towards women and back towards men exactly exactly and so this movie is a movie where you don't really get that so yeah or at least it's pushed it's pushed back against in a way that is you know under the veneer of being oh well it would the book was written uh, like a hundred fucking years ago or whatever the hell and mm-hmm. it was like it was different and of course the story of you know sam and frodo's friendship is inspired by the f- relationships that J.R. tolkien made when he was in world war one when mm-hmm. you were literally yeah. facing down death and it was just you did get that close with somebody and it's hard to communicate to people today or even back when the movies were released but we are at least able to put it out there and offer something a little different and 
push back a little bit in in its own way. But that's the thing. I also find yeah. that a little bit strange, like not strange, but um, because when this book came out, right, this was during the 1950s when it was just after like the Second World War, right? So I'm sure that's why, you know, maybe that's why it became so popular was because there was, you know, all these veterans who had like dealt with all of those, you know, emotions in the war. And then like our own generation hasn't really like, of course there are people who have uh, gone to war, but not quite to the same extent as like, yeah. World war two was like a total war in the sense that, you knew, mm-hmm. right? Like, these wars that we have now, a lot of them, we've kind of distanced ourselves from because you don't see it every day. You don't have to worry about war bonds. You know, you don't have to worry about the draft because there are enough people that have enlisted. And also, like, 1940s, you kind of had a clear idea of who was good and who was bad as far as the war. Whereas a lot of times now, especially since Korea and Vietnam, wars that happen, they don't have a clear-cut enemy or, you know, and I see. let's be the honest, America has communism. a terrible... Duh. <laughs> right, right. America also has a terrible, um, a, a terrible, terrible problem with self-reflection. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I just... It definitely suits the time period it was written in, but I think the universal themes of brotherhood and persevering despite the challenges, uh, you know, stand the test of time. You can always count on those things to be reliable. Yeah, we've we've practically none of us have been through the exact situation that Frodo is in, but we've often felt small. We've often felt underrepresented or not listened to and you know by the end of this movie series we we've had days where we felt like we've been walking towards a volcano for years and we can't remember what the taste of bread is like or the or the <laughs> or what water tastes like so in a way it yeah. all resonate it all resonates in a very basic and primal way and that's why which, we're still talking about it almost a hundred years after the first book came out which I mean it's as you said like right now we're going through a very uneasy time uh in our society so like maybe that's you know why this movie resonates like rewatching it mm-hmm. Be- because it mm-hmm. is it is the simplest of answers if there is good and there is evil and we know the difference and we have to do something to stop it and that's not how the world is anymore or maybe even ever was but it's fun to pretend that it is for two to five hours. Uh, if only everything were as black and white as these movies yeah. and these books. Um, I think that's a good so way yeah, to kind of end it off, though. It, it is. On that um, horrible note of yeah, uncertainty and strife. <laughs> Um, also, if you're stuck indoors be- because of the coronavirus, at least thank you for listening yes, to us. Definitely. Um, I know we're recording this in the early part of March, but I'm sure that when this comes out in the first part of April, um, it's still going to be an issue. Um, we're recording this know, the when- day of the cancellations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Like, we're recording this the day Disneyland Sports closed. Sports have been canceled. 
<laughs> Sports have been canceled. Yeah. Uh, Disney World's closed. Uh, all the schools in Ontario are closed for three weeks. Like, but res- but WrestleMania four, four still states. bafflingly on. Really? <laughs> God, you don't. You, you, uh, you, yes. you don't get. Don't get me started. You do not want to hear about <laughs> WrestleMania, please. <laughs> Now is um, the time to end so, the podcast. <laughs> well, well, I do have to do one thing first. Um, so our tests, right? Like, let's be honest, it doesn't pass any of no. them. Um, I don't think this movie is feminist, but you know, the entire point of us having a movie uh, podcast is even if it's not feminist, the question that's more important than anything is: is it good? And I feel like this movie is excellent. I, I feel like it still stands up. I feel like for a movie that came out 20 years ago, there's still a lot of universal themes in it that everybody can still relate to on some level. It's just absolutely amazing. I mean, it's I'm great. I'm kind of sad that I so. wasn't into it. Like, I wasn't into it as much as like, I feel now. I Like, I want to straight mm. up watch the rest of the movies because they are like, I really enjoyed this movie, which Defin- I didn't definitely, definitely do. Um, I would recommend you proceed with caution with the Hobbit movies. I would actually recommend that you watch Lindsay Ellis's review of the Hobbit movies instead did. of instead. the movie. Okay, great. <laughs> I already so, did. Wa- watch, watch Two Towers, Return of the King, and Call of the Day. Maybe watch the animated Lord of the Rings for like a hoot if you want to. Oh, I think I have watched that actually. Yeah, those are those. Yeah. Those are something. I just put those in the system at my library. I put the animated, the Rankin and Bass animated Lord of the Rings and a mm-hmm. Hobbit. Also, John Hurt's in so. that one. Yeah. Oh, very true. That man has a voice of an angel. God, what a narrator. Um, So, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, Next week, we're going to be doing The Green Mile. Ooh. Um, Ageline's never seen it. Neither have I, actually. But I'm not going to be on the episode, so (laughs) who cares? (laughs) I mean, you're always Um, welcome back. Thank Uh, you. I hope I will be back. I hope so, too. We'll we'll give you, like, a list and... Stuff. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you'll and then you'll um, remind me in six months, and I'll be like, "What? Huh? Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. <laughs> I, I remembered. I remembered." Um. So, do you have anything to promote? I sure do. Um. So, of course, I am part of the podcast Elwood City Limits. That's the episodic Arthur podcast. Yes, the PBS Kids Arthur Show. Um. And you can find us on basically any podcast service, and you can also find Elwood City Limits on Facebook, Twitter. Tumblr and Instagram and at patreon.com slash Elwood city limits. We recently started doing a new series where we are talking about every single PBS kids show one show at a time. So we've already talked about uh, postcards from Buster and fetch with rough rough men. So by the time you hear this episode, there's going to be a couple more, including our episode on Teletubbies. And that's, you oh can God. sign up for just a oh dollar a month over at patreon.com slash Elwood city limits. I've also kind of got another podcast in the tubes. It's not, not at all ready yet, but it's, it's getting there. So hopefully by the next time I'm on here, I'll have more to say about that. But for now, Elwood City Limits, you don't have to be a big fan of Arthur to listen. And it's funny, and it's with my friend Lucas, and we have a great time. And I think you will, too, especially if you're stuck inside uh, due to these trying circumstances. Or even if you're not stuck inside, if the ban is lifted by the time you hear this, listen to it anyway. 
Awesome. Um, and you can check us out on Twitter at the feminist uh, at feminist pod. I'm on Twitter at South of Grace. Uh, we also have a second podcast, Disney Dives, and you can check that out on Twitter at Disney Dives, and it's available where most podcasts are. Ajlene? I'm also on Twitter as Ajlene's A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S. Sometimes I tweet about traffic. Sometimes I make jokes about how poor I am, and then somebody calls me out on it. And says that uh, I should enjoy that KD, but let's be honest, I work in radio. I can't afford KD. It's President's <laughs> Choice White Cheddar all the way. It's Mr. Noodle. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Noodle. That's all, all I eat all day, all night. Um, you, you can also email us at the Feminist Critique Podcast at gmail.com. So uh, we hope you have a fantastic week. Get the tissues ready for next week and I hope you have a good one. Bye! Bye. Fly, you fools! <laughs>